So hello and welcome to the 10th episode of the Living the Dream podcast, a podcast for real estate agents that discusses strategies to grow your business to its maximum potential, while at the same time making sure that you're in control of your career and have the time to live a balanced life. So I'm Elias Killius, Head of Business Development at Homania. And with me as always is the co-host of the podcast and broker and general manager of Century 21 Heritage Group, Aaron Richardson. Aaron, how's it going? Good, Elias. How are you? Oh, pretty good. How are those basement renovations going? Uh, we're starting to get down to the last wire. The downstairs is, uh, well, main, yeah, so we had the main floor, up floor, upstairs floor done, and now the basement, uh, just the flooring to go. So um, just got an electrical bill today. It was a little higher than I wanted it to be, but hey, that's what, uh, you got to always add on 30% to anything that's quoted. <laughs> so just a little side question too, as someone who's in real estate, do contractors find it harder to work with you because you're a bit more picky maybe than your average clientele or like you've got a better eye for things? I, got, I have to show you some pictures. I, I wish I could put the link actually in this podcast because there was a, uh, a contractor that we brought in. He was doing the under um, subfloor and on the main floor. And it had to be the worst job. And I, and I was trying not to be picky, but when I went in there, I was just like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> it was that bad. They, they ended up, we, well, we ended up firing that contractor. It was, it was a cut and paste job. It was really bad. <laughs> but I, so I don't think I was overly picky, but, uh, and I, and I had to bring over the, uh, like the contractor neighbor just to show him. Am I being too picky here? Cause I don't want to be a jerk, but he's like, Aaron, this is the worst job I have ever seen. <laughs> so I said, okay, good. <laughs> Contractors can definitely be hit or miss. So, so on today's show, what we're gonna be talking about is leads. All agents ever seem to want is leads. If you want leads, they're easy enough to find. You can buy literally as many leads as you want online. They're not in any sort of short supply. My problem is most leads are horrible quality, absolutely horrid. And it can take a lot of time and effort to sift through all the crap to find that needle in the proverbial haystack. It's gotten to the point where most agents I talk to don't even bother anymore with online leads. They think they're a waste of time and money. But are they? Today on the show, we're going to talk about whether or not online leads are worth the time and the effort because they aren't necessarily that silver bullet that many agents consider them to be. And there's no one better to talk to about this than Sam Bakshi, a very successful real estate agent with Century 21 Heritage Group that has tried it all. When we decided to do a show on the topic of the value of online leads, Aaron said, we got to get Sam on because Sam's perfect for this. So Sam, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks, everyone. Uh, I guess since we're talking about it, you know, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll dig dive, you know, deep dive right into it. You know, don't waste any time. I, I spent the first two years of my real estate career with Century 21 trying to find leads. And that's, you know, the, the first day I walked into the door, I met with a gentleman there who works at Century 21. His name is John. And he told me seven majority of business is going to come from referrals, but I didn't believe him because I'm, I'm the tech guy. You know, I like to do Facebook. I like to do marketing. So I spent the first two years building chatbots and trying to trying to automate everything. And what I really realized is that I took away the focus from my own business and placed it somewhere else that I had no control over. And especially with leads, uh, there's tons of companies out there. I've done my own lead production. I've outsourced it to third-party companies doing the same work. I've hired them. I've fired them just because they couldn't do a better job than me. And I'm not just like... Let's say it's a place, it's another planet you can just get lost in. And as a new agent coming into the business, do you really want to be lost? 
because you know uh, a lot of people just think leads are leads but there's a whole process a lead could take two years a year three months six months and we really need to know how long it's going to take for them to nurture and for them to sort of eventually close on top of every other closing you had that could take three four months and now you're chasing just endless people trying you know telling them to come buy a house and half of them to be honest with you might not even pick up the phone call what are you finding sam sorry i, I just when it came when it comes to like may not pick up the phone uh I, I sort of know the industry numbers from what i've been told as well as doing it myself for 15 years and linus of course has been uh doing it as well uh we've both had some you know different i would say successes or non-successes but different uh experience with it what were you finding when you were doing in terms of the amount of times you'd have to contact that one person? What was your average in, in, in order to even get a response or a phone call? And, and if sometimes never, right? I mean, what, but if you were to average it, what were you, what were you finding? You know, to, to get a successful lead, you have to contact them within the first five minutes because they will forget you. Mm -hmm. And that's something, I don't know if that's a myth, but that's been taught throughout all the art of advertising oh, yeah. that you call them that tell you yep. in the first five minutes you have to call them so if you're going to take that route make sure you get a lead in the first five minutes if they're on the phone and you try them at least two three times and essentially mm -hmm. what happens is if they don't pick up the first two three times you know you call them the next day and then the chance just goes down and down and now you have an additional lead that you have no contact for and that just sort of just sits there um so you really have to know what to do with that lead. Let's say they don't pick up the phone call the first five times. Is it the right phone number? Do you even have the right email address, right? Because mm -hmm. if you don't have the right phone number or the right email address, you're wasting time on something that doesn't even exist and you don't even know about it. And you're thinking it might convert. It's been a few years since I've done it. Um, the actual conversion and, and, and the, you know, uh, I was doing it for about 10 years. I remember when a lead was a dollar a lead, I, I'd spend 30 and get 30 off Facebook ads. And this is going on 14, 15 years ago. But um, what, if I was to tell you that the industry average is eight times before a lead sort of engages on average, would that seem about right? Is it, it still around it, eight times? It is. It, it, sometimes majority of the leads will push out eight times even. And on the on the sixteenth mm -hmm. attempt, they'll pick up the phone call and tell you not to call them again. And when that happens, and it's like, what do you do? <laughs> Sam, I'm curious because um, in my experience, one thing that we were doing with leads is we we had an inside sales kind of like an external company handle that initial vetting to qualify the leads to send along, like to kind of filter through that, the, those leads that you didn't want, that wouldn't pick up the phone, that weren't real phone numbers, weren't real you know emails, to the point where they'd filter all those through for you. They'd call them within the first five minutes because they're 24 hours or whatever. And then if they ended up wanting to talk to an agent, they'd pass them on you. Did, have you tried doing any inside sales stuff at all? I've, I've, I've tried. I've tried. Uh, when I outsourced my marketing, they had an inside sales agent, but I guess they were using some someone like in Mexico or somewhere. I think if you're going to take an inside sales agent, you should train them yourself and they should be in-house because that way they know mm -hmm. exactly what they're talking about because there could be a big communication barrier between the first time they get touched and then from the time you give them a call. So that comfort level has to be there from the beginning when you're touching the lead. So when you, when the ISA is give them a call and then you give them a call, there's a, such a smooth transition that they don't even know it's the same, like they'll think it's the same person.
You know what I've seen a lot of teams doing right now, or individual agents are building out teams, is they're actually using other agents. Because let's be honest, there's 60,000, more than 60, I don't know what it's up to now in Treb, uh, agents out there vying for the business. And a lot of them, you know, uh, are, are joining teams for leads. And I'm finding that those positions are glorified inside sales reps. Um, I just had somebody in back that came back with us that tried one of those teams. And she says, I just... All I was doing was returning a bunch of phone calls that people didn't want to talk to me. And she just found that she was doing telemarketing for the team. So I think that's another model that's being uh, built out from the fact that, yeah, you can pay for leads. And then instead of using the ISA or inside sales, or instead of hiring, just bring a, a team member on that's willing to make those calls for free, essentially. And then if it turns into something, they can uh, maybe share in the commission's 50-50 split, that sort of thing. I don't know if that's that's that seems to be like an e-team uh, model that seems to be popular right now. That wasn't yeah, a I question. Mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was just a statement. It doesn't have to be. It's a podcast. You can just give your yeah. opinion no. whenever you want, Aaron. Too right. So, I mean, yeah, from right. my experience, if, if if the best ISAs would be someone you train directly under yourself, uh, as pay them agent, almost right. You pay them, but you you have to train them yourself and not let someone else train them because they pick up qualities from you. And right. essentially, they look at you and they see what you want, the way they talk, the way you talk, and they sort of convey the same message, the same way to the clients. Because I think the biggest point is with an ISA is the handoff. Because I've had ISAs in Mexico call leads, and then obviously there's a big difference when they talk than I talk, and they can qualify anything. So I think you have to set your standards on the type of client you want to work with first. So off the bat, the first two minutes, you can easily qualify these leads if someone's looking for a house for 200,000 in a million dollar market then off the bat that's a no you don't waste time mm -hmm. you go to the next one because it's a numbers game so you get a thousand leads you got to work through numbers and the faster I also find Sam I, if you're talking if you got somebody finally on the phone it's taking eight time to get them on the phone and you can't talk locally about a house that was came up in your marketplace or what the average price is or what the if you can't answer any of those questions I find that 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 ISA, I mean, they're not, I, I just don't see the conversion happening. They're, that person on the other side is not going to want to, you know, work with somebody who doesn't know the area, right? Yeah. So that's, that's the thing. So now that ISA has to be an agent. So now you think about it. Do you want to go around with your client, show them the home, sell the homes, or do you want to be at home making phone calls, right? The money making. And I think a lot good. of people actually... Isn't that the key? That, like the, the, the not the key. The problem is that agents. Yeah, I want to be at home. I want to be in front of a computer. I don't necessarily want to be. I mean, we all know if you're out showing homes, you're going to make some money. But the easy way to do it is sit in front of a computer and just talk to people. Like you know, and, and essentially, I mean, it'd be easy if that was the case. But what did you find? I mean, Sam. I mean, you you you. When I was when I was talking to you about your business. And where you're getting your business from? One of the things I was surprised to find, because you were so engaged on the online, um, online lead business, was that that's not where your sales were coming from. And and I said, well, Sam, what's why why are you spending so much time on the online leads? I did it as a hobby when I like I, I really told myself I want to see if I could make this work. So it was it was fun for me. Was it fun for you, or were you getting frustrated, or were you surprised that those? I mean. Let's say that you did, I don't know, what was your percentage of business in online leads opposed to repeat and referral and sphere of influence stuff? 
I think, uh, yeah, like first, at first there was an interest. Marketing was, I'm very interested in marketing. So it's really like something that's appealing to me just to figure out how people operate on the social platforms. Because I think once you have an idea of that, then you can really take your business to the next level. Because you know how people, the way they communicate with you on the social platforms, right? Once you dig, dive deep on how the Facebook algorithms work, and obviously you're going to waste a lot of money spending, you know, and then you look at different ads and some perform better, some don't perform as better, then you really analyze. Sometimes your good ads don't perform as as good, and sometimes your worst ads perform better. And then you sort of analyze why that's the situation. Is it just the algorithm or is it something else? And once you get to that answer, then you can truly say, like, initially, I didn't have much luck with Facebook leads. I put a lot of effort and time. I'd, I'd say out of 300 leads that I generated my first year, maybe I converted about three of them like 3% or no, 1%, sorry. Yeah, Yeah, 1%, which is, by the way, which is amazing. Sorry, just to add it, that is what I think the percentage is. So if you're doing it well, which I think you were, I think you had all the right things in place, you're still only converting in 1%, right? 300, but how much time did you spend on 300? That's my question, like how? it takes hours. Uh, I mean, one setting up one yeah. campaign could take it the, could take it the whole day, and it's a lot of frustration as well. And mm-hmm. Facebook consistently blocks you out of your accounts, and they they ban you out of your accounts, and it's just like a whole mess. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's maybe it's a hard thing to quantify because there's so many X factors, so much time spent on this. But in terms of just like a dollars and cents return on investment, and again, this is such a difficult question to answer too, because maybe those leads that you converted might turn into future business as well. But like, were you getting a lot back from like the amount you spent at the end of the day? Or was it like a minimal amount where you think it was just like kind of a dist- almost like a distraction where you could have been spending that time and money maybe more effectively elsewhere? Hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a good question. I mean, it's good to see when leads come on your phone and you get a new phone number to call. I think, I think sort of have to work it backwards. You first have to build a good base first before you can just go and spend money onto leads because you can just put money into Facebook. You can get 20 leads the next day, but if your systems and processes are not properly aligned, that you know what works because you have to test all these things for you to understand how it works. And then you go back and then you build a foundation and then you lay if I get a lead, you know, the first five minutes I give them a call and you know, if, if they don't pick up from the first couple of attempts, you let it go. You move on to the next one because if your leads keep on piling up of people with no responses, you'll have 300 leads of it, no one responding and it, it could become a, a nightmare. So a good CRM is key you're generating leads right and i use follow a bus uh you know i find it easy with texting communication and the minute they come in essentially it's just it's just a numbers game and really it depends up to you how you want to get your business do you want to get it through referrals and uh because if you get it through referrals the good thing is that you know who you're working with because these people you worked with before they're only going to refer you people just like them with leads you could get any any type of leads you get a good client, a bad client, you could get anyone. And I don't know if you want that much uncertainty in your business. I think it comes to a point where you want to sort of build a stable business and your business really relies on your clients. And once you get to that point, then you can sort of look ahead and, you know, it's, it's a whole, then all, literally they'll give you so much more business for people just like them. You often hear that like hindsight 
is 2020, right? Like I hate using catchy taglines and phrases and such, but I think it might be a good thing to think about here. So you've been in the business for a few years now, if I'm not correct. Yeah, it's about about three years. All right. So let's say you were back three years ago, Sam from three years ago, a little bit younger, a little bit better looking, maybe. What would you, <laughs> what would you have done three years ago differently, knowing what you know today? Because that's a big thing. Like a lot of people coming into the industry, like it sounds like you were like that's my thing. I want to do this. I want to figure out everything I know I can figure out about this. So you've sunk a lot of time, a lot of money, you've learned a lot of things. What would you have changed? What would I have changed? Um, you know, maybe, maybe I, I probably would have picked up a couple of books and read first and, and then, and then sort of, uh, got onto the whole social marketing platform. I mean, it's a combination of both, right? It's, it's self, it's, it comes with lead generation, comes with self growth as well, because you really understand who you are and, your ideal client basis so i think before you know going after the leads i should have really taken a higher approach to the type of people i want to work with off the bat even though i had no one no sales i think if i started with the end in mind it would have helped me in the first two years to really focus in and hone in in that area but i just really started from the bottom just because i was a tech guy and i love marketing and i just wanted to spend money on marketing so i just want to test everything out so there's two questions I had for you. Well, one is that you bring up a good point, Sam. I mean, the quality of the people you want to work with. Um, the one thing I've noticed recently is in, and it's, it's a, it really is a difference. I look at two of our agents that have, both have a good business. One is repeat referral, building out a sphere of influence. He has, you know, a ton of people and the people he work with love, love him. And I've got the, another agent uh, in the same office who, looks for new business all the time and, and does a lot of online lead stuff. He, he seems to convert uh, decently, um, but he's always running into people that just don't respect his time. They couldn't care less whether or not they really ran him rag like ragged. And I couldn't tell sometimes whether or not it was, is a difference in personality between the two agents or is it the difference in the fact that the quality of client that doesn't know you and you convert over the internet, are they really do they respect your time the way that like a friend or a family member or a, a referral from somebody? That's what I'm finding, the quality. And you bring up a good point. Is there a big difference? I think there's a big difference because who you work with matters, right? Essentially, your clients dictate how you carry out your life. So my life is surrounded by my clients. So if I don't have a good client base and they're all over the place, all over the place, that means I'm all over the place. Right. That means mm -hmm. my work life balance is all over the place because my clients, that's how they are. And I have to sort of change myself for them just to get that business. Right. But if I have clients who, who value their time and they value my time, then it's just mm -hmm. a, a back and forth. It, you know, it's a smooth transaction. And that way I have less headaches throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the months, because I know my business is built on stability. When it doesn't do that, then I could be running around. I could had I used to have days the first two years. I just run around back and forth, drive, and I did not know where I was going. I was just focusing too much on leads, and I just running, driving to Mississauga one day, driving to Scarborough one day, and I just I didn't know where time was going. And then I realized it's really your clients that matter the most because they dictate your life and you dictate their life in terms of their biggest transaction. So lead generation is just Great a running point. around game. Whether you run around online. Or you run around in person because all you're taking is the running around from a social platform, bringing on to, into reality. And now you're running around with them in reality. And do you really want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I know you do it. I know you do a, a good job with the online leads, and I know you're you're great with conversion. And to be honest with you, a one percent conversion is actually a good conversion rate if you if you believe it. Um, we have a. Um, a sister, we'll call a sister company with Century 21. They spent uh, quite a bit. I'd tell you the number, but it, like, whoa, that's a lot. And uh, their conversion rate was over half or under half a percent. Um, and then we're sharing leads amongst agents. So um, the efficiency wasn't quite good. And they tried some inside sales stuff as well and, and all the rest. I find the 905 um, is really a tough area for conversion. Um, there are certain pockets also that I find are a little better to convert. I don't know why that is, but um, in our area, there are different cities um, pushing out of the GTA that uh, tend to convert a little better. I don't know if you've found that as well, but um, yeah, no, I just, to you guys know a Kevin O'Leary? Yeah. Kevin O'Leary, the Shark Tank, and um, anyway, Dragon's Den guy. He his coin phrase anytime he, he he thinks somebody's going down the wrong road is stop the madness. He's like just stop the madness, and that's what I feel like saying to ninety five percent of our agents that come to me and say, Aaron, I need online leads. Everybody's getting online leads. How do I get online leads? It's like the buzz thing in the office, and I'm like guys, stop the madness. Like step back. It's a very small percentage of what your business could be if you were really good at it. Right. So Sam, you'll continue probably doing some online lead stuff, but we, we chatted a bit about it. Where are you going to shift a little bit, um, on the online, uh, online? Are you going to, are you going to shift what you're doing? How are you like, we talked about the future of online leads. Where do you think it's heading? I think, I think, uh, what I realized over the past couple of years is that, uh, obviously video is coming, video is king now, right? So you really have to put your face across. So it's really sort of shifting from a lead perspective more to a brand building perspective. So you really just have to build a brand uh, because uh, as much as um, you want inbound leads, right? People who call you, people who look for you, people, uh, they consistently see you and you can do that through many forms online through video views and you can do retargeting. So you really just really build your business, your online lead generation, build this on on inbound leads where people know trust and like that's that's what they see so if you're so will you will you my, focus on a certain area then like like would my you goal, how, yeah, how do you do I that in, i live in bradford right so uh my goal is to sort of just hone in on this area because at first when i started marketing i was focusing all across and it was like 1.4 million people to target target on facebook just it's going everywhere right so i think just going to focus in on Bradford and now sort of uh, attract leads through, you know, through video video campaigns. And just the whole point of this has to be now that these people see you on Facebook, on Instagram, and you're not always necessarily asking something from them. I'm, there's going to come to a point where you have to drop a lead magnet and sort of just be like, hey, like, take this free uh, uh, ebook on how to uh, renovate your house for the spring market. But before that, for them to get to that stage, for you to give them a lead magnet, you offer them a video and you shoot a two-minute video and you just talk about the city of Bradford. Hey, uh, you know, if you're looking to move in Bradford or perhaps you're already living in Bradford, you put a hook and if they watch, let's say, 30 to a minute of your video and then you go to the next stage. So at least you're honing down on your leads. So you're filtering mm -hmm. them out because I think a lot of people go to the first step and the first step you can have hundreds of leads, but they're not filtered out. 
So once you sort of filter, and then essentially it becomes like this. The whole point of this, I was in a course called uh, Brand over Brawn, and what they said was the same approach. So once they see you everywhere, then you have a billboard somewhere, and then perhaps someone sees you at a grocery store, and they see you and they feel like they already know you. And once they get to that point, like you can go to restaurants and make a video. I mean, the biggest the biggest key, just take a phone and put it up and start talking and make it seem very natural uh, because the, essentially that's what you want. You want to be in a grocery store and someone just, you know, knocks your shoulders and just be like, hey, you're Sam. I see you everywhere. You know, like that's the whole goal behind this. And that's got to be a good mm-hmm. feeling when that happens too. I'm sure it's probably happened to you a yeah. couple of times. <laughs> Do you feel like a local celebrity sometimes, Sam? I think so. Uh, you know, I'm, 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 uh, that's the plan to get there. And I think if you get the local celebrity status in terms of real estate, I think that's how you can sort of really build your business up. There was a program back in the, we'll call it back in the day, I don't know, when I first started, uh, different programs for, you know, generating leads and all this sort of stuff. One was called the Mayor Program. And essentially, it is farming. It is taking, a, like Bradford, like you said, and you, if you wanted to be the Mayor of Bradford, well, what do you have to do? Well, you got to get known. People got to know you. They got to see your face. You got to put out the signs. You got to be known as the mayor of Bradford. So when you own an area, uh, if they see you enough, and of course, video, what better way, right? Um, that to get, you know, get through to people, especially over the internet is to do some great video. So I think it's a great idea. And I think it's a, you know, something that isn't new. It's just tweaked a little bit, right? Instead of being on billboards necessarily, maybe you're on a video billboard, essentially coming up on their Facebook site and they're seeing you online opposed to, you know, locally, or maybe you do get a billboard someday, Sam, that might not be a bad idea. Too. Yeah. Yeah. You, you sort of, you sort of everywhere. So you have a billboard. I think the majority of the problem really lies. A lot of people uncomfortable with camera, right? So once you sort of yeah. take away that shyness, I think that that's the one mm-hmm. key. It's a problem I had when I was starting and I was, you know, shy of just taking my phone on Instagram and just posting something. And I, I guess if you listen to Gary Vee enough times, you'll eventually pick up your phone and, you know, you'll start recording and you start putting some content they just just push it out <laughs> so i'm curious um i've talked to agents that when they're putting out video and putting out social media posts and such too they like to mix it up put a little bit of real estate but like a lot of other stuff in there too and i've talked to agents that like just like to kind of keep the focus on real estate or real estate centric posts what 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 camp do you fall into or like what's your strategy there are you are you the kind of person that like sticks to real estate or do you like to mix it up a little bit when you're uh, for me, yeah, no, for me, I like to take it. I like to take it more personal because essentially, what I find is that uh, obviously I, I have a business account and it's uh, it's both my personal and business. I don't have separate accounts on Instagram because I like people to see exactly who I am. So apart from my houses and everything, they get get a sneak peek into my life. And I think important fact there, as opposed to pure real estate content, is people want to get to know you first before they know what you do. So you sort of, you know, they see a picture of you or they see you doing something or sometimes you're posting video, not even talking about real estate. It makes them more curious because sometimes they resonate or they connect with you because of that video. And then they want to check out your profile because like, who is this person that's talking about something I was just thinking about? And it doesn't have to be real estate related. So now you've sort of thrown a hook and now they check out your profile and they're like, oh, he's a real estate agent. So essentially you want to make people work to get to know you because if I just stumble across a realtor page and it's all homes off the top of my head, I'm like, like I, I, I've seen enough homes, but like, who's this person? Like they want to know who you are first. Right. So I think mixing that is key because if someone checks your Instagram profile, they want to, it's that same, 
the first look should tell them that hey like i i feel like i know this person somehow but with just with homes it's hard and you're saying it before too if you want to try and be like that well i guess we we're all talking about like you know the local celebrity or whatever like people like to think that they're they know you that they're your friend before you've ever even met them and by having that like you said insider sneak peek into your your life your lifestyle too that's a good way to do that right it's like it's i think we're talking off camera me and aaron before he was saying you know if like tom hanks popped in the podcast we'd, we'd probably all feel like we kind of know him a little bit right we know his personality i think just because you've seen him around on tv for the past you know 30 years or whatever it happens to be that he's been around so like i feel like that's kind of where you're going i i really like that kind of approach as well i agree that uh it's it's things are shifting um but the the key concept stays the same. I believe real estate is a relationship business. I don't think anybody's probably going to disagree with that. We're in sales. Anytime you're in sales, relationships are important. So you build the relationship, then you remind them, by the way, I'm a real estate agent. And you do it in the best way possible. That could be through just a, a monthly newsletter. It could be, um, you know, a, a pop by or a note card or on social media or whatever it may be. But reminding them that you're there all the time will definitely help uh, get the repeat referral business. Um, but if you do it digitally now, instead of, cause we're, we're through <laughs> everything's Zoom now. So, we have to shift. We can't knock on the door and introduce ourselves. There's no shaking hands anymore. Like <laughs> we're in a sales business. What's the new shaking hand, right? So yeah, changing it up and getting on video, I think is so key, so key for that online business. The other thing I was going to say is uh, one of the top uh, agents down in the US, they have 20 billboards and billboard advertising is so big for him even though he said he's an online lead generator through his website he says i wouldn't be able to convert those leads if they didn't know who i was because they think that i'm a i'm a stranger calling or a stranger you know that's going to come and give a um, market evaluation so back to online leads it's a lot easier to convert if they know who you are so video can do that and i guess the big danger is with the internet comes that anonymity right like that you're losing that face-to-face -face. we keep talking about those relationships so as soon as you reach out to those those online leads you've you've lost a lot there because they don't know you you don't know them you're almost starting from scratch whereas it sounds like sam's got a really good approach being like it's better to start way ahead of the game where you've got that relationship already pre-built before you've even even talked to the person one time and stop and stop the craziness of uh, the people that are making money these days. I'm telling you, is Facebook, Google. We all know that, and then these other companies. And there's a ton of them out there. And, and Sam, you had mentioned Follow Up Boss. That's a great CRM. Uh, did they 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 have a lead gen platform? I've never used their their actual. Do do they have do you buy leads through them as well, or is, are you just using it for the CRM? Essentially, it just yeah, just for the CRM, and you sort of. It works best if you're generating leads. Uh, it's not good for day-to-day -day usage as much just because it's right. all... Uh, you're, you're, I'm an Excel guy. Uh, I'm in the corporate world. You know, I was an accountant before this. So uh, half the times I do everything on Excel just because I just find it easier to do, keeping track of things. So when I go to another platform, it takes me time to learn it first. So the, the, the um, what, like a boom, Boomtown, Sync, um, Agent Locator, what else is out there? Uh, bold leads, success leads. Th these are the companies making money right now. The agents that are buying the leads from them, I'll be honest, I don't think they're, I don't think 
they're making the money that people think they are. I really don't. I, I, I hear from enough agents out there, but they all think they are. So they all want to go and buy these leads or, or generate their own leads. And again, um, you know, I just think that, that, that ad spend and that time spent, uh, with the lead conversion, we'll go back to the numbers again. You said, and I heard eight times is the average lead conversion and you said 1%, right? So at a hundred leads, yeah. that's one deal. A hundred leads, eight times, 800 contacts. So you have to yeah. contact, call somebody and follow up with them 800 times before you get one deal. To me, deal. that's not a good return on investment from a time standpoint. So any, you know, it, it might be good for a team, you know, maybe Sam, maybe your next steps to build out that team and get agents <laughs> to work for you so they can do the 800 calls and you can take half of their business, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's only going to work if, if, if you, if you can make it work, right? Because it's just a numbers game and you need to have, you need to be able to quantify. I think the biggest thing is time. You don't want to get lost in the lead uh, gen business with time because it could take a lot of your time. Time is money. So, Sam, I've got a really important question for you. And we always like to save these to the end. Um, are, you, are you ready for the, the most important question you're going to get on the show? <laughs> All right, let's do it. <laughs> so my wallet is a little worse for wear. I hear you've got some contacts and you know where to get a nice, decent wallet. Is that... Am I am I hearing oh. my sources correctly here? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. I do. I actually have. Uh, so last year, I think it was last year, or two years ago. I was uh, while I was generating leads, I was getting bored with the business. So um, what do I do? I started making some wallets. I ordered my own brand and just just something on the side, and I started selling them. And um, one day I sold one to a, I guess to someone. He met me once, and you know, uh, we started talking about real estate. You know, he liked my wallets and I, he wanted to buy a house in Nobleton. I guess I didn't hear back from him for, you know, for a couple of months. I sent him some homes and then one day he calls me and, and bam, you know, that just one meet personal touch got me to, uh, sell his house and then buy him another house. And all it did was sell him a wallet. So if you're, <laughs> That's crazy. what's the conversion rate on, <laughs> real estate sales <laughs> for a number of wallets sold then is the real question is it I, 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 for, yeah i know i think for real estate it's pretty bad but i think i think that that really worked out because i think they saw the personal touch so those are great wallets too i was in a men's store the other day and these wallets i swear like you see them up at the front and they're not cheap right like the, these wallets you can get and they you, you flip a little side it's like a metal wallet isn't it and then you flip the side yeah. and, the, and the and the visa cards Parts all up. pop up yeah, they're pretty yeah, exactly. cool wallets, yeah. Yeah, very neat. Yeah, so the is, side yeah, hustle. Next time, I, <laughs> next, next time I get you one. I, I stopped selling them because I got busy with work again after. So, you know, I think I oh, of found course. my point. <laughs> I remember getting into the industry, Sam, the first time I got it. Uh, uh, we, I partnered up with a guy here in the office. We were both selling and we were we, we actually thought of maybe opening a third business just to get business for real estate. Because we know as a relationship business, if you're off selling other things, you're like, oh, by the way, and you start talking about real estate and then you sell yeah. them something else. It's like an add-on sale, right? It's like the it biggest add-on sale I've ever seen. Here, I'll sell you a $50 wallet. By the way, did you want to buy a $5 million piece of property? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it gave me my biggest sale. Uh, the house he bought was $1.7 That's so far Amazing. my transaction I closed. <laughs> well, if you're selling nice wallets, awesome. nice people are going to be buying them too, right? Exactly right. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I feel like this is a great place to end off the show with this great wallet discussion. So if you like the show, subscribe to our show pretty much wherever you find your podcasts online. And please don't forget to leave us a five-star review on those sites. You can check out our website, livingthedream.show, where you can check out and listen to any or all of our shows. Or you can head over to our YouTube channel at youtube.livingthedream.show to watch our podcast video streams on demand. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us anytime at podcast.livingthedream.show. Sam, thank you so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Aaron, thanks as well. Everybody, thank you for watching. Thanks for listening. Have a great week.